fan for fan line and blessings to you for checking out today's podcast okay so we we know the story of noah most of you should anyway and actually ever every so often we're put into situations where we don't want to truly do the right thing we want to go by the basis of our heart because either we seek revenge or we've been hurt by someone or a group of people and we don't want to see them succeed or we don't want to see them um, getting to the point of God making amends for them. And this was the situation with Noah. So what I'm going to do is go over some of the major points of the story. And then basically ask you, what would you have done? One day during the 8th century BC, God reached down to the school of the prophets, which included Jonah, Amos, and Hosea in the northern kingdom of Israel. And Jonah, excuse me, and told Jonah to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because of their evil. <coughs> Instead, Jonah went to Joppa looking for a boat to Tarshish. So rather than buying a ticket for Nineveh, he was heading in the opposite direction. Now, we also have to take into account, Jonah was a prophet, but he also had had a rebel spirit. Which goes to show that, again, you don't have to be perfect. People think that you have to be perfect in order to be appointed by God. God knows who you are. God knows that we are not perfect. By no stretch of the imagination, we are not perfect. So he was a rebel man who didn't like what God had told him to do. Doesn't that sound like us a lot of times? God tells us to do something and we don't like it. There are a couple of reasons why Jonah didn't want to obey God. First, the Ninevites were wicked, violent people who showed their enemies no mercy. They would torture you, kill you, put your corpse on display, and later paint pictures to document their atrocities. He said, I'm not going to Nineveh. They slaughter people there. And um, that may have seemed like a practical choice from Jonah's perspective. And then there's a second reason that Jonah disobeyed God is that he didn't want to preach to to these people because he was afraid that they might actually repent and be forgiven. You ever been in that situation where it's 
you really didn't want to pray for someone who you didn't like in order and you, you didn't want to you didn't want to see them succeed you didn't want to see them turn their lives around you you pretty much wanted to keep them where they were because of your own reasons <clears throat> Nineveh was a major city of the Assyrian Empire, and if its citizens were to escape God's judgment, they could eventually conquer Israel. So Jonah preferred to let God rain fiery wrath on them, and he wanted them destroyed. So do you have any Ninevites in your life, someone with whom God would want you to share the gospel, but to whom you refuse to, to do so? Is there anyone who has done you wrong so that you prefer to see them see them judged rather than forgiven? Do you? I, I'm sure we've all come across someone like that. I mean, let's just admit it. We it may have been in the past, and it may be someone right now that you really don't want to see them forgiven. Just deep down in your heart. And the thing is, you might as well come clean with it because God knows you. God knows you. And that's how Jonah fell. is interesting. Clearly Jonah was no theological fool. He was a prophet and he knew that God was, God is everywhere. No one can flee from his presence really, but Jonah didn't want to uh, submit to God's will because he didn't like God's plan. And, and that's something to think about, whereas we think we can run away and knowing in the back of our heads, knowing in the back of our minds, we can't run anywhere, but we put it into ourselves and I think some, some also some guiding and goading by, by Satan that just see if you can just get away or run. But there is no running. There is no getting away. <clears throat> God, excuse me, Noah was fleeing God's demands, which meant he was breaking fellowship with God. If you're in God's will, he always supplies what he demands. That is, he picks up the tab and provides what's needed, but when Jonah ran from the will of God, he paid the fare himself. Running from God's agenda can cost you time, money, health, peace, and joy. But make no mistake, it will cost you. And I'm sure we've all been in those situations too, whereas we come to realize and, and that's for the ones of us, those of us who have wisdom, we come to realize, hopefully quickly, that by not going by God's agenda, we lose in all aspects, or in some way, somehow, whether it be money, time, health, relationships. 
relationships. We lose in some way. You know, there was a point where Jonah was on the ship and he's trying to run away. The sailors there were afraid because of the violent um, seas that were going about, the, 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 the storm that was in place. And everybody was definitely afraid. So they, the sailors, uh, they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the load. And when Jonah disobeyed God, he not only messed up his own life, but he also messed up the lives around him. And see, those are the, some of the things that we also have to take into account when we mess up. When we mess up, we affect the lives of others. We affect the lives of those around us. We affect the lives of our loved ones. And selfishly, we never think that way. And selfishly, we cost others in more ways than one. So if you think your sin only affects you, you're wrong. When we run from God, the same storms we cause hit the people in our facilities. When God called Jonah to obedience, and when a storm threatened destruction, when sinners criticized his rebellion, nothing changed in Jonah's attitude. And that's something that we also have to be careful of. When our attitudes don't change, even though we know we've caused destruction, we know we've caused hurt and pain in the lives of our loved ones, in the lives of those around us, we really need to take heed of what's going on. And, then, and there's, there's, there can be situations where you know you're doing wrong, you know you're doing wrong, and then you still follow through on what you're doing. And then your, 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 your spirit, the Holy Spirit just keeps knocking at you, letting you know, hey, that's wrong. And if you're receptive to what's going on, you eventually give in or give way to the Holy Spirit. But like I said, nothing that changed Jonah's attitude. And sometimes you get to a point of your, you use the term, you're a tough nut to crack. But when he was swallowed by that great fish, most likely it was a whale. It says while he was in there, Jonah prayed. And some of us don't get it right with God until circumstances are so adverse that when they swallow, they swallow us whole. But God knows what it takes to teach us to repent and pray. And those of us who are aware of situations with God. We try not to let it get to a point of us getting so down that there's nothing else to do but repent. Whereas you are, God has got you into, into a position that you have been so hard-headed, now you're into a, a corner, so to speak, and you're trying to find a way out. And the only thing left is to pray. The only thing left is to repent and have sorrow, sorrow for God, not yourself, but sorrow for God. 
that you did them wrong and those around you that you love. Jonah said, you threw me into the depths. He's part of his prayer. He was talking to God. Ultimately, it wasn't the sailors, but God who was responsible for tossing the prophet overboard. Jonah recognized that they had only done to him what God wanted done. And in that aspect also, he was talking to them. Then God sent a, a whale ground, so to speak, and trapped his green prophet in his glorious sovereignty. He brought Jonah to a place that drove him to call on the Lord. And that's how we are. We we wait till we're, we're, drove, we're driven into a place and then we call on the Lord. The Lord gives us many opportunities before it even gets to that point. Do you realize that? He gives us many opportunities, many chances. Jonah had vanished from God's sight. He was out of fellowship with God, but then Jonah declared, you raised my life from the pit. Have you ever been in the pit? Are you there now? Are you in the pit now? And so there's good news. The pit isn't a bad place if it gets you back into the will of God. It's not a bad place if it gets you back into the will of God. And because once you're back into the will of God and you're moving in the way and the direction that he wants you to, things can be restored. And you'll be have, and you'll be gracious for that pit. <clears throat> now, in saying go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you, God told Jonah the same thing he told him the first time. This time Jonah went to Nineveh. This time he went. Now, it's important to know that Jonah still had to choose to obey God and go. God gives you a free will. Okay? God gives you a free will. So, the fish didn't drop him off at Nineveh. Instead, he was taken to the place. He was taken to the place. He was taken to the place of his disobedience. And given a second chance to make it right. So, Valuable time and energy had been wasted up until this point. And the prophet was no doubt stinky and sticky from his ordeal. See, when God calls you to obedience, you need to understand that he's not going to change. So it's best to do things his way from the start and not be hard-headed. So Jonah went to Nineveh and proclaimed the Lord's message. In 40 days, Nineveh will be demolished. There are two parts to this summary of his sermon. Nineveh would be judged for its sin, and the Ninevites had a 40-day window to fix the problem. 
God had every right to destroy this wicked city, but in this case, he graciously gave them a chance to come clean and repent. To repent is to give God the opportunity to limit or reverse his judgment. And when repentance happens, you have revival. As people, as people turn, so God turns. And if you're still alive, there's still time to repent. In response to this message from the Lord, the people, the entire city, repented. They believed God, but they also proclaimed a fast. Furthermore, the king of Nineveh urged everyone to call out earnestly to God and turn from his evil ways and from his wrongdoings so that God might turn from his burning anger. In other words, the people put their money where their mouths were. Their actions were a visible demonstration of a heart change. They assumed a posture of repentance. That God relented from the, the disaster is a reminder that God never changes. But he can adjust to the changes in humans. While he doesn't change his holy standards, he will alter his intended outcome in response to our actions. Isn't that gracious of him? Isn't that wonderful of him? is that loving of him. When he sees that we make a change, then he will change his actions toward us. It's something to think about and it's something to take hold of. Not only had God shown grace to the sailors and to Jonah, but he also showed mercy to some of the wickedest people on the planet. He has enough grace and mercy for everyone, including people whom you you have given up on. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I can be blamed with that also. You give up on someone, and then all of a sudden you see that, hey, they turn things around. That's because God had grace and mercy on them, just like he had grace and mercy on you and me. Jonah reluctantly preached one sermon, and it resulted in the greatest revival in human history. That's the grace of God. But Jonah almost missed the privilege of participating in this great evangelistic event because he didn't like what God told him to do. So remember, if you run from God's will, you might miss out on one of the most significant moves of God in your life. God doesn't always explain himself in advance. We have to walk by faith and see what he's up to. See that Jonah was greatly displeased and furious. When Nineveh repented means only one thing, Jonah was a fool. Everyone was turning to the Lord and renouncing their sinful ways. God had conquered the hearts of thousands in one of the mightiest cities of the Assyrian Empire, but Jonah was so ticked off about it. You think about that. <clears throat> There is great joy going on because people had turned their lives around. But Jonah was still so selfish about it because he wanted to see them as a whole go down. And that's wrong. Jonah laid his cards on the table. He said, I fled to Tarshish in the first place because I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, one who relents from sending disaster in our Lord. 
that is done for me to die than live. In short, Jonah didn't want to see God's grace fall on the wicked people. He knew God's character, and he knew that if Nineveh genuinely repented, God would forgive them. And that's something he didn't want to see. When a person truly repents, God's heart melts. And isn't that good news? He loves to restore repentant sinners. All of us need a God who will reverse his decision of judgment. But we are often so unlike God that we are unwilling to reverse our own judgmental decisions. Are there people in your life whose salvation would make you angry? Think about it. Is there someone in your life that would make you angry because they got saved? They turned their lives around. Check your heart. Would it disappoint you to learn that a certain person had become a Christian because you would then have to treat them as a brother or sister? When up until that point you had been you treated them like an enemy? You despise their very presence? Think about it. How would you fare before God if he were as angry and unrelenting as you? about it. Here God raises a psychological question. Is it right for you to be angry? And that's what he asked Jonah. Is it right for you to be angry? In which he asked the question of us also. Is it right for you to be angry? This is a question we should ask ourselves more often. In every case, we must determine whether our anger is legitimate or illegitimate. Interestingly, Jonah didn't ask the question. Instead, he left the city and sat down to watch what would happen to it. No doubt he was rooting for the Ninevites' zeal to fade so that God's judgment could fall. But as Jonah was watching and hoping that God would still pour a Sodom and Gomorrah on Nineveh, God was at work on a prophet. He appointed a plant to grow and provide shade for Jonah from the heat. That made Jonah happy, but then God appointed a worm to wither the planet and appointed a scorching east wind to wither Jonah. That made Jonah want to die. Clearly, this man had issues. The wind obeyed, the fish obeyed, the Ninevites obeyed, the plant obeyed, the worm obeyed. But the prophet still wasn't getting it. The prophet still couldn't see it what was going on. Jonah was so spiritually immature and God wanted to teach him a lesson to provoke him to spiritual maturity. Yet, even as God worked on behalf of his heart, Jonah couldn't see, he couldn't see God. He simply saw negative circumstances that infuriated him. So, when you're having a bad day, have you ever asked yourself if the things happening to you might be God's sovereign appointments designed for your good? Perhaps that irritating co-worker is meant to serve as a divine appointment to help you grow spiritually. So here's a question. I'm going to end it here. Do you have God's heart for others? 
See, you can't you can't desire God's goodness for yourself, but yet refuse to minister his goodness to others. You can't refuse those who need it and keep that to yourself. You can't be a recipient of God's grace and not be a dispenser of it yourself. Think about it. What would you do? You may not be in a situation of being in the belly of a whale, but there are plenty of situations you've been through that you were in the belly of something that wasn't good for you. But then again, if you look at it the right way, take the positive out of it, it may be good for you. You just have to look in the mirror and check yourself. Not said. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please feel free to comment and share. And if you feel led to give a donation, I gratefully appreciate your support. And I leave you with this word from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Enough said.